What's going on, Redemption Community Church? My name is Corey Ball, and I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption. And I just want to say that I'm so glad that you have joined us today digitally. I want to begin by asking you a question. How is 2020 going for you? How's it going? Uh, 2020, man. Uh, we began the year uh, early on with Australia catching on fire, basically the entire continent, right? Uh, had, had fires all, all over it. Many koalas died and, uh, and it was super sad. Um, and you're probably saying, wait a minute, that was 2020? That feels like it was five years ago. Yes, that was 2020. Uh, soon after that, we danced on the edge of World War III. And uh, you totally forgot about that flash pan of a freak out, didn't you? Um, and then Kobe Bryant died. Uh, and that was really hard uh, on so many sports fans and, and just the nation in general died in the helicopter crash. He actually uh, died on the exact same day that Redemption Community Church was launched. And so that's going to be uh, an easy date to uh, not forget. And um, so then we, as a country, we journeyed through our third presidential impeachment hearing of all time. Uh, that started to tear us apart pretty strongly. Kim Jong-un died, but then he came back to life. That was a whole story weird. Um, we had the most realistic reports of UFOs that we've ever had in our country or arguably that we've ever had. Uh, we still can't explain them, which kind of um, explains the U in the UFO, uh, but that happened. Then we got hit by an epidemic and uh, hit many countries. Um, that epidemic became a pandemic, and then we had to wear masks, right? Uh, and then we ran out of everything. You couldn't find toilet paper. You couldn't find hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, hand soap, meat. One time I was at Deerberg's, and this lady had 20 packages of meat in her cart. It was crazy. Um, and, uh, so you couldn't find meat. You couldn't find, um, purified water, pasta, some weird things. We're just jumping off the shelf. Uh, going to the grocery store was now like running the gauntlet. Um, and then, uh, enter stage left. We have murder hornets and holy cow, those things, man, that was a good three day freak out. Those were scary. Um, I haven't heard anything about them since. Hopefully they just left the country. And then our COVID numbers, they spiked and we became the world champs at something again. Um, but then the numbers were getting better. And so we were allowed to go outside. Hooray, right? All the kids, they shouted hooray. But then uh, George Floyd was murdered and uh, protests. They went up all across the country and in some place riots happened. And uh, it, was, uh, it was different walking outside. Then our COVID numbers, uh, they spiked again because as Americans, we will not be outdone by anyone. We must win at all costs. So our numbers went back up. Um, and then a portion of the U.S. was hit by a biblically matched dust storm spanning 4,000 miles. And it covered much of, uh, of, of the lower part of our United States. Many states struggled with that for a week or so. And uh, if you haven't seen this recently, Yellowstone, it's, it's uh, been earthquaking more than normal. Earthquaking, I don't know if, if that's the right, right word I'm looking for, but earthquakes, they're happening more than normal at Yellowstone. And uh, in fact, every account says that, um, that we are thousands of years overdue for uh, a, again, biblically matched volcano eruption at Yellowstone. And if that happens in 2020, though we cannot take anymore uh, the lava that will 
grace the land, the United States of America, will become the proverbial icing on the cake, uh, the crap cake, that is 2020. And if you haven't realized, we still have five and a half months left in this year. I think it's safe to say that life is not easy right now. In 2020, for Americans, life is not easy. It's faced with many challenges. We are faced with many challenges. Our, our, our anxieties and our fears are potentially at an all-time high, in your life at least. And so you would think with all of our anxiety and fear and uncertainty for tomorrow, the one thing that would be happening is that our camaraderie would be blossoming. Our love for one another would be growing. And, 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 and really our love for our, our, our fellow brother and, and sister in America, that, that love would be at an all-time high, right? Wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah. Instead, we're literally inventing ways to divide, uh, you know, things over and, and, and divide over, to divide over. We're, we're inventing ways to destroy each other. And the moment that uh, someone doesn't fully agree with us, we, we, we put them outside of the camp. And so, uh, as your fearless leader, the, the leader of redemption, the lead pastor, I have decided that this is the, the perfect time to talk about race relations in this brand new church. Today begins a three-week series called A Third Way, a series on race relations. But this series is going to be far less controversial and far more moderate than you would ever think. Uh, I promise you that. So let me, let me do this before we jump in. Let me set some expectations. Uh, first, I want to give you the list of things that we're not going to talk about. And I promise you, it's a pretty extensive list. There's a lot of things we're not going to talk about. Um, and so if, if, if you're hoping we talk about one of these things, uh, I, I hate to disappoint you, but here's the list of things that we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about gentrification. We're not going to talk about police brutality, white privilege, uh, redlining, systemic racism, history of American slavery, the Confederate flag, the war on drugs, stop and frisk, the 13th Amendment, and on and on and on. We're not going to talk about those things. So uh, why aren't we going into those things? You're probably wondering if, if this is a series on race relations and all of those things are, are um, you know, very current uh, conversations around race relations. They're, they're things that people do talk about right now when we have conversations about race relations. They're very relevant to the topic. Why aren't we talking about those? This is why. Over the last four weeks, uh, as I have continually put out um, an invitation for people in our church to come talk to me about these types of things. Um, I've, I've had 10 or so conversations of, of people coming over to my house or me going over to their house. And out of those 10 plus people, if I took any two of them, even the ones that would, would most agree, and I put them in a room and I put these topics before them, guess what? Neither of them, uh, none of them, okay, would agree on any of those aforementioned topics. I promise you, not two of you would agree. And so uh, why would I think that if I put out, um, you know, my thoughts collectively from scripture uh, into those topics that you would be unified? No, 
Uh, that's not that's not how these things work. That would be foolish of me. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that these are very nuanced topics, um, and uh, and and really. Uh, I've found the best way to handle these topics and to have deep discussions is one-on-one or in small groups. And so I would love to do that with you. Again, my invitation still is out there. If any one of you wants to discuss uh, kind of, you know, essentially what the Bible says, what what, what scripture says, what I believe as, as a spiritual leader, as a Christian leader, as a pastor, what what I believe the Bible says about those things, come talk to me. Let's talk. I'd love to talk to you. Um, And I promise you, I've had great conversations with those who are far left and great conversations with those who are far right. Um, So let's have a conversation. But we're not going to talk about those things in this sermon series. So if we're not going to take a deep dive into those issues um, that are really plaguing America right now and are very relevant to the conversation, then what are we going to discuss and what is a third way? Well, first, let me give you uh, the kind of breakdown of the three weeks that we're going to cover, and then we're going to talk about what the third way is. So week one, this week, we're going to talk about civility. We're going to chat about civility. Uh, That's right. Why? Why are we going to talk about civility? Because um, in a world of keyboard warriors, right, in a world of keyboard warriors, um, we, we really have to talk about how to have a civil discussion away from our keyboards and away from social media uh, before we can ever talk about something as delicate and touchy as race relations. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about today, civility. Um, and how do we, uh, how can we be civil God's way? All right. Uh, week two, next Sunday, we're going to talk about race and what God thinks about race next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, it's going to be a great week. Okay. And then week three, the final week is we're going to discuss race as it pertains to eternity. Uh, maybe you've never thought about that, but we're going to talk about race as it pertains to eternity. And that's it. That's the three weeks. Okay. Again, like I said, it's probably going to be far less controversial, far more moderate than you could ever have thought. So if you have any anxieties or fears going into this, if you're thinking like, man, I just found a good church. Uh, Redemption was my church. I love it. And all of a sudden now... They're just talking about race. Um, stick with us. Don't walk away from it. Um, hear what the words of Jesus uh, are and hear what they have to say about race. Okay? Um, now, so what is the third way? Let's go back to the third way. What is the third way? Let me uh, begin by asking you this question. And it's going to sound kind of silly, but here's the question. If Jesus were with us today, would he be Democrat or Republican, right? Uh, which one would he be? Is he is he red or blue? Is he donkeys or elephants? Like where is he? Okay, which which party is he? Um, well, it's a silly question, right? Uh, and the reason it's silly is because the the question itself is faulty. It's a very faulty question. As as Americans, we just believe that everyone would have to succumb to our two humanly created party systems, right? Like either you're this or you're that. And if Jesus were here and we put those options in front of Jesus and we said, Jesus, pick your side. Which one are you? Are you Democrat or are you Republican? He would inevitably say, oh, guys, I am neither. I'm I'm neither of those. I don't have to choose and I'm, I'm neither. 
And I believe that Jesus would then go into the third way and he would talk about the third way. What is the third way? Well, Tim Keller, he, uh, he talks about the third way. He calls it a third spiritual way. And when he talks about the kingdom of God, he talks about this third way, this way that Jesus often gives as, as the way of life. And so, so Jesus, he's confronted all these times with Jesus. Are you this or are you that? And Jesus goes, guys, I'm, I'm neither. Like, let me show you, let me show you what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. Let me show you what it's like to follow the third way of God. And so that's what the third way is. It's really following the kingdom of God. And uh, see, we think that, that Jesus would fall into our two-party system. We're convinced uh, that, 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 that he would fall on our side because the other side is just crazy. They're, they're not godly. Uh, if you're a Democrat, you think that about the Republicans. If you're a Republican, you think that about the Democrats. Um, and the whole time, Jesus would go, guys, I'm, I'm neither. So quit fighting. But let me show you the third way. Uh, I, I would love to, to show you as you follow me, you'll learn the third way. And learn how to walk in it with me. Um, the series bottom line for this entire series is this. That, that Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He's not, he's not joining your, your Democratic Party. He's not joining your Republican Party. If Jesus were here, he's not running for president. He's not running for governor. He's not going to be on, on the Senate floor or Congress floor. Like he, He's not into that. He's not interested in taking sides. He didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. He came to take over your life. He came to, to, to instill and institute the kingdom of God, the third way. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by this guy, Miles Monroe, and he says, the goal of God was never religion, but it is rulership through relationship. See, Jesus wants to rule your life, but in the most positive way possible. He wants to do it through a relationship with you. He wants to do it through a relationship with you. That's rulership through relationship. So friends, make no mistake about this, that God isn't taking your side and he's also not taking their side. He's about taking over, right? So that both sides are living over the sovereign supremacy of an all loving God. And that's the third way. And so this series, we're going to be seeking what is the third way of Jesus as it pertains to race. What is he talking about? Okay, so let's look at this. John chapter 1, verse 14. I love this verse. We're going to open by reading uh, from there. And we're going to talk about who Jesus is and what the third way of Jesus is like. So as you're going to John, uh, let me let me pose, pose this problem that humans often struggle with. Over the last several months, uh, you've been confronted with beliefs and opinions that are diametrically opposed to your beliefs and opinions, things that are completely opposite. And how do you respond? Do you respond with full grace and you say, Hey, that is so cool that you believe that. Good for you. I love it. I'm so glad that those are your thoughts. And, um, and, and don't worry about what I believe. I'm just so glad that you believe that. And it's just full of grace, right? Or do you respond with all the truth that you feel? And, and, and you're just going to rain the fire from the skies and destroy their argument, right? Um, I think we've seen both of those things. 
especially on social media. And, and, and typically we see the latter, right? We, we see people uh, anxious and excited to just destroy the other person, right? Again, keyboard warriors. So grace or truth. Do you respond typically with grace or truth? Jesus has this disciple that followed him, and his name was John. And uh, later on, this uh, th- this person, John, he wrote a letter, and uh, the letter is called John. And so in the book of John, we're going to look here, um, uh, John wrote in his opening paragraphs of this book, of this letter, it's revolutionary. It really is revolutionary, this idea. And it's as if John was trying to tell his reader this, that uh, he was trying to tell his reader why Jesus was so amazing. He was trying to tell his reader why his love for people was so powerful. He was trying to tell uh, his people why following Jesus was so enchanting. And this is what he says in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, it says the Word became flesh. Uh, I, I love that. Basically, it's this. It's this idea that, that, that when Jesus came to earth, he all of a sudden was God with a bod. That was it, right? He's God with a bod. And, uh, and so Jesus, he's, he's fully God. He's, he's fully human. It's this crazy word called the hypostatic union. And this is Jesus. It means that he is 100% God and 100% human. This verse right here discusses this idea that Jesus isn't just God. He's not just human. In fact, he is very he has a very dualistic nature. He's both 100% this and 100% that, but not just 100% God and 100% man. Scripture says this also. It says that he was full of grace and truth. Other translations say that he was the full embodiment of grace and truth. He was 100% this, he was 100% that, right? And and here we have grace and truth and and grace says this. It says, "Hey, you're going to be okay." And and truth says, "Yeah, I I don't know if you're actually going to be okay, right?" Grace grace says, "You're forgiven." And uh truth says, "Yeah, but you're still accountable." You know, grace grace says, "Yeah, you'll you'll get it right next time." But truth says, "Yeah, but you screwed up last time." Do you remember that? It was pretty bad, right? It's so a grace and truth. We we have these grace and truth and and we live in this war between grace and truth. In fact, most people they struggle. They're either they're either more grace or they're more truth, and it's hard for them to find a balance. Churches, churches are almost always fully grace or fully truth. Right? It's hard for churches to find a balance. At Redemption, we work so hard uh, to be a balance of grace and truth. And why do we do that? Because that is who Jesus is, and He's calling us to do the same. Okay, so grace and truth. This is who we follow. But but when you look at Scripture, when you look at this, it says. Um, that he was full of grace and truth. He wasn't a balance. He wasn't partly grace and partly truth. He was full of grace and he was full of truth, right? It was a full embodiment. It wasn't one or the other. It was 100% grace and truth. And so Jesus, we we picture him in moments 
as being, man, he was really grace-filled. Or in other moments, he, he had a lot of truth in him there. But what we need to see is that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And we will never be able to do that. That's not who we are. We don't have the ability to be 100% grace at the exact same time that we are 100% truth. But we can find a balance. We can come closer to the middle. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to do this. We have to get this right. Okay, Um, before we fully enter the conversation of race next week, um, as we enter into this topic this week of civility, we We're going to reflect on this. This is the third way of Jesus. So as Christ followers, we need to find this balance, right? And so this week, we're going to look at a story that shows Jesus that way. We're going to look at a story that shows um, exactly how Jesus confronted people that he was really diametrically opposed to. And how did he confront them with both grace and truth? We're going to turn uh, in our Bibles to Luke chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Again, we always encourage you to use an app. There's an app called YouVersion Bible app. It's incredible. So we encourage you to check that out. But Luke chapter 19, we're going to turn there and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be the true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. In the year 2020, where political and social landmines abound, where the internet houses all the people that you could ever wish to disagree with, where the gates to a very publicly held town square type of debate is only entered through your mouse and your keyboard... How do you practice a holy civility in 2020? This year, it seems like everything is monetized and and politicized and polarized. That everyone, uh, you know, everyone's agendas are very public. Everyone chooses sides very quickly, right? Um, you're, You're either in camp friend of mine or you're not. Which, by the way, is a very insane idea. It's crazy. And you're smart. Like, you, you know these things. You're, you're smarter than this. Uh, what, what happens is that, is that we are fine with someone until they disagree with us on, on even the smallest thing, but they disagree with us on a very nuanced issue that is tearing the entire country apart. And the moment that they don't agree with us 100%, 
which by the way, is literally every person you know. The moment that that person doesn't agree with us 100%, we kick them out of camp friend of mine. And you say, see you later, right? Like you are excommunicated and this is what happens. We kick out all the social and political and faith influences that don't agree with us 100%. And, and we're left with this anemic echo chamber of people that really think like us, talk like us, act like us. And here's the problem. They actually don't fully think like us. We just haven't touched on those topics with those people yet. But if we continue down this path, like why are we lonely? Why is our country lonely? Uh, social media. Yeah, maybe. But maybe it's social media because you became a keyboard warrior and you've literally ostracized yourself from every single person in your life other than those who think like you and they all live in a different state. Right? Do you see these problems? Like Christ followers, shame on us. Shame on us. We have to be better than this. Friends, Christ followers, Christians, I, I implore you. Uh, that's a strong word, right? I implore you. We have to get this right. There's too much at stake in the year 2020 for us to get this wrong. Um, we live our faith in front of a watching world. They're all watching us, mostly because we put it on social media. We cannot get this wrong. If we're going to practice a holy civility the way that Jesus calls us to, if we're going to live like him, if we're going to live like grace and truth, the full embodiment of it here in Jesus, if we're going to do this, um, how do we do it? Well, we have to follow the example of Jesus. And so how did Jesus interact with people he was diametrically opposed to? Um, let's go back and kind of pick apart the story of Zacchaeus real quick. First of all, Zacchaeus was what? He was a chief tax collector. Now, um, if you have not watched The Chosen, it's an incredible show. It's about the, the life of Jesus. Um, you have to download the app to, to watch it. Uh, it's really well done. And, and hear me say this. As someone who absolutely hates 99% of Christian movie show content, okay, uh, like that, um, this is very different. It's very, very different. It's super well done. I'm blown away by how good it is. But in that show, it really shows like this, this, uh, this taste that the culture had for tax collectors. They hated them. As we looked at last week uh, in Luke chapter 15, it says that, that there were tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Like, when, when, when notorious sinners were talked about in Scripture, more often than not, there was, a, there was a second group listed next to them, and they were tax collectors. They got their own group. They were hated so much, okay? So Zacchaeus, he's not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. Like, he's a boss of, of you know, the criminals, right? Okay, so he's a chief tax collector. Everybody hates this guy. They hate him. And, um, and so Jesus, he's, he's kind of coming through. It's kind of like a Jesus parade, right? He's walking through the city and, uh, and all these people are looking at him. They're along the parade route type of thing. And here comes, uh, Jesus. And so Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus sees Jesus, but he knows that he can't get to him. And so he goes and climbs up this tree, right? And, uh, when Jesus finally gets to Zacchaeus, he says, he looks up at him and he says, I, I love that. He, he looks up and he calls him by name. So he knows him, right? Like Jesus has probably been around the area long enough. 
he knows who this guy is, the guy that everybody hates, Zacchaeus. And he says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Like the guy who everyone hates, the guy who Jesus is diametrically opposed to, right? Like, I mean, the, everyone there, okay? Um, there's no way that Jesus is like, man, I love that sinner guy. I, I just love everything he does. No, there's a lot of things that this guy does that Jesus is going, man, oh, Zacchaeus, right? He's probably shaking his head, oh, Zach, right? What are you doing, buddy? But Jesus says, I must be a guest in your house today. Um, and Zacchaeus, he climbed down quickly and, uh, and, and he took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. Now, the people, uh, some translations here, it says that, it says that they all grumbled, like all of them. And, 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 and they, they, they get upset with Jesus and they go, who is he? He's going to be a guest in a notorious sinner's home. Like everybody knows this guy. He's stolen from all of our families. He is the scum of the earth. A, a guy that everyone is opposed to. And Jesus, how does he practice civility with him? Jesus is present with him. He doesn't send a messenger to Zacchaeus. And, and there's not an equivalence, right, of, of like a social media back then. But, but, but Jesus doesn't send a messenger to Zacchaeus. He goes and speaks to him himself. He's present with him. He ate with him. He had a meal with the guy. Now, I understand. We're in COVID, and it's hard sometimes for us to eat with people, right? I get that. Um, but but this past week, we had our neighbors over to our house, and, and we, we kept socially distanced. We were on the back patio, right? We're out in the open air. We're away from each other. We're, we're, we're across a table, good distance, right? Um, and so you can still make these things work, all right? Um, and for many of you, 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 you aren't listening at all to the CDC. Okay. So you have no excuse. Find someone who's like-minded like you is not paying attention to the CDC, have them over to your house. All right. Um, so he ate with them. He went to his home. Like he went to the home of the guy that, that everyone disagreed with. And how many people do we disagree with on social media or out in the community, whatever. And they're on that list of never go to those people's homes. Right? Yeah. I know, okay? Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, Jesus, he goes to the, 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 the guy who would make the list, Zacchaeus, he goes to his home and he eats with them. He went behind enemy lines. He had a discussion with him. He spent time in his house with his family and he had a discussion with them. He was the full embodiment of grace and truth. He wasn't just grace and he wasn't just truth. Okay, now let's compare this to the crowd's civility. Um, there was none. Yeah, there was none. Okay. There was no civility with the crowd. There really wasn't. They just all grumbled. Every one of them. It doesn't give any exception. It doesn't say like everyone grumbled except for Ethel. She was real sweet to him. You know, no, they all grumbled. And if they all had iPhones at that time, they totally would have been filming, you know, like filming. What am I? 90? They, they totally would have been recording. I don't know. Uh, taking a video. Uh, filming was like, that's a real, you know, filming. Anyway, um, so they're totally videoing, right? I, I mean, half of them would have been like putting it on Facebook Live and Instagram Live and whatever. The other half would have, would have just been videoing uh, for later, right? To just show their friends. Like there was no civility. In fact, they were all volatile. They were all upset and angry. And let me show you this. This is really interesting. Uh, in verse 8, the entire time that the crowd is losing their mind and grumbling, 
the entire time that they're they are 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 found just just fighting with each other and just just eating each other alive and being divisive and destroying each other it says this in verse 8 meanwhile Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said See, what's happening is you have a sinner who is ready to repent. He's ready to give his heart over and follow Jesus. But there's an entire crowd that's too busy grumbling about what they think or what they want instead of loving like Jesus loved. Instead of, instead of uh, putting aside differences and, and, and bias in loving someone. And so meanwhile, meanwhile, During your grumbling, there are people in this world who are ready to follow Jesus and you're missing them. Why? Because you're too busy being a keyboard warrior. If we're going to practice the civility of Jesus, we have to act like Jesus. We need to be full of grace and truth. What often happens... Um, the the people they were so interested in creating these these uh, categories of them and us, they, them, and us. Right? They they already labeled Zacchaeus in the category of them. All the tax collectors, them. They're they're in the them category, right? And so. Why do we do this? Like, why do we take a person and just throw them in what I would call the them garbage? That's what we do. If they're not us, then they're in the them garbage. And the reason that we do this, the reason that they did this to Zacchaeus, the reason that we do this is because if someone's in the them garbage, then we don't have to love them like Jesus did. We, we believe, we lie to ourselves, but we believe this lie that we no longer have to love them. That, that, that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God has called us in the two great commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. And we lie to ourselves once we put someone in the them garbage, and we say, I don't have to love the, the people in the them garbage. That's what they did to Zacchaeus. And that's what we do today. And shame on us. We, we tell ourselves that the people, that they, the people in the them garbage, they're without hope. They'll never, they'll never believe like us. They'll never agree with us. And so we don't have to love them. We don't have to be friendly to them. And shame on us. Jesus in his uh, final final days. He uh, can be found in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's in John chapter 17. It's one of my favorite parts of all of Scripture. And he prays something called the High Priestly Prayer. And, and the, the, really the central part of that High Priestly Prayer is this. He prays for unity. Specifically unity among his children. Unity among Christ's followers. That's his last prayer in the garden. It's one of the last things that that, that Scripture shows us that he did. He knew this day would come. He knew that we would spend the rest of our lives being divided 
over crazy, crazy things. Scripture talks about soldiers, and it says a, a soldier uh, cannot be caught up in in the the day to day things of civilians and the, the civilians' problems. And we, as Christ followers, uh, we should be unified on so many things that we're not. Instead, we're just caught up in civilian problems. We're just caught up in 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 being the hall monitor for everyone's morality. And listen, listen, you don't have to be the hall monitor for everyone's morality. Like I've read the Bible all the way through. Um, I've read Revelation, right? And I've read all the promises found in Scripture. And, and, and itty-bitty baby Jesus that grew into a Savior and died on the cross for us, His love covers all things. Like He's got this. Right? He's got this. Uh, you don't need to be the hall monitor for everything that everyone else does wrong in the world. Jesus has got this thing. So, if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to seek His full embodiment of grace and truth, if we're going to practice His civility, right, we have to get rid of these needless lines between them and us. And that brings me to the bottom line. And that's this. Jesus, he, he wasn't interested in drawing lines between them and us. He was interested in drawing them to us. It's found in verse 10. Um, in, uh, in verse 10, it says, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, Jesus, he wasn't interested in drawing lines between them and us. He, 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 didn't get, he didn't get his hands dirty in the them garbage, right? But he was very interested in drawing them to us. Jesus, he came and he, his desire, he came to earth and his desire is that every man and woman would follow him. And so we get caught up in drawing these lines between us and them. That's not Jesus. It, it's a lot of things, but it's not Jesus. Jesus is interested in drawing them to us. And, and why, why do we even follow him? Well, why do we love him? 1 John 4.19 says this. It says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So in 2020, how can you practice holy civility? How can you love like Jesus loved? Like 1 John 4.19 said, how can you love others first? I have this bracelet that I love wearing. I just got it. And, uh, and it says HWLF. And it stands for he would love first. It's the answer to WWJD. Like what would Jesus do? He would love first. R really? Are you sure? Yeah. Scripture tells us. 1 John 4.19. Right? We love because he first loved us. He would love first. And so in 2020, how can you be more like Jesus? You, you do that by destroying the lines, right? Like start, start removing the lines between them and us. Stop, stop putting people in the them garbage. Instead, start loving them the way that Jesus would love them. And I believe this. I believe that Jesus' love through you will start to draw people toward him. 
And again, the bottom line, that Jesus wasn't interested in drawing lines between them and us. He was interested in drawing them to us. I think you'll have the opportunity to see the them come to Christ. The, 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 the opportunity to see uh, people who are, are spiritually dead come alive in Christ. And the same thing at the very end of uh, Luke 15, what we read last week. That which was lost is now found. And the same thing this week, uh, Jesus, or the Son of Man, came to seek and save the lost. You'll get to see those things happen. You'll get to see people who are lost become found. And redemption. We have a diversity of thought around race. I know because, again, I've had uh, 10 or so conversations with you all in the past uh, three to four weeks they're all very nuanced. Um, none of you are coming from the exact same place. Uh, the left would disagree with the left. The right would disagree with the right. If you're a libertarian, watch out. I, I don't believe that any of you have ill will against another person, though. And I don't believe that any of you are racist. So um, it's okay to have a different opinion or a different outcome as someone else. It's okay to be nuanced. The entire world is trying to figure this out. I don't expect you and, and please don't expect me to have every right answer when it comes to this. So what does that mean? That means that as we progress through this, that we give each other grace and truth. That, that means that while we are at redemption, I'm going to ask you two things. One, if you are going to call redemption home, that as often as you extend truth, you also extend grace. Okay, that's number one. But, but the second thing is a step further. As often as you have conversations around touchy topics, I, I want you to extend grace before you extend truth. Why do we do that? 1 John 4.19, right? That we love because he first loved us. We also, we extend grace because it was first extended to us. And so, uh, as often or as long, rather, as you will have redemption, redemption will have you. We want you here. But if you call redemption home, you will extend grace as often as you extend truth. But you will also extend grace before you extend truth. Because that's who we are. Again, we, we live in a watching world, people are watching us as Christ followers more than they have ever in the past. Uh, also, again, because we put most of it on social media. I think the world can forgive if we come out with a uh, answer that's a little bit nuanced and different than what they would, 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 would hold to, right? I think most of the world can forgive that. I really do. We're all trying to figure it out. I, I can't, I, I don't know anyone who thinks today what they thought about race two or three years ago. I think everyone is, has their, 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 their perspectives have, have shifted, even if they're just, just seismic, right? Just, just small. But they've shifted over time. And um, we can give grace if someone uh, doesn't arrive at the same conclusion that we arrive at. Uh, but I don't think the world's going to give grace to us when they see us fight it out uh, like two lions in a cage. That's not who we are. As Christ followers, that's not who we are. That's not the third way of Jesus. Uh, it's many things, but it's not Christian. And so if we're going to be 
Christ followers, if we're going to be people who claim to follow this full embodiment of grace and truth, we have to come to a balance and we have to get this right. We have to show both grace and truth, but we need to lead with grace because there's a watching world out there watching us and the stakes are too high. So Jesus, he wasn't interested in drawing lines between them and us. He was interested in drawing them to us. Um, He says that which was lost is now found. Jesus came, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So what are you doing this week? How are you living your life to set aside the lines, to to just rip those lines out of the ground instead of drawing them, pull them up? And and what are you doing to eliminate the them garbage? And I don't mean take it out back and throw it away. I mean carefully removing people from the them garbage, apologizing to them and saying, hey, you know what? Because of our difference of of opinion, our differing views, I've really cast you aside. That's not what Christ would do. And I want to apologize for that. What are you doing to rectify the situation there? Um, At Redemption, we want to be known as people who love first, who extend grace first. And I want to see, I want to see John 17, this high priestly prayer of unity. I want to see it fulfilled at Redemption. I want to see our people unified around the mission that Jesus has given us, the mission to love the world, to seek and save the lost, to see other people come to faith in him. That's what we're called to do. So let's get to work. Father, I thank you for the mission that you've given us. I thank you for the example of holy civility, this idea that... um, this idea that you didn't come to draw lines between them and us, but you came to draw them to us. God, I pray that that you would teach us to love first, and I pray that at redemption, we would extend grace as often as we extend truth, but we would extend grace before we extend truth. Uh, God, I pray that all the relationships that we have damaged over social media and in person, because we have just led with truth, and and, and, and grace wasn't even the caboose, it was just locked in the trunk, um, for all those people, God, I pray that we, this week, that we would be able to start carefully repairing those relationships. And um, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring healing to that. In front of a watching world, God, I pray that we would be known for our love for others, our love for you, instead of the stance that we take on social media. Father, we love you, we praise you, and it's all this as we ask. In the name of your Son, Jesus, amen. Or Redemption, again, I'm super glad uh, that you joined us this week. Um, hey, this upcoming week uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be having this series uh, starting called The Art of Neighboring. Casey talked about it. It's going to be incredible. Please register for that, okay? Please sign up for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and tell your friends about this series. If this sermon blessed you, if it convicted you in a good way, um, and it could bless or convict someone else in a good way, share it with them. Um, Yeah, we just want to see Christ made famous, and we want to see the culture of Christ followers look more like Christ followers uh, are called to. Um, And so if it could bless someone else, just please share it. Uh, That'd be awesome. And uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week as we continue the series A Third Way, and we talk about what God thinks about race. See you later.